Welcome to the Wellness Connection with Fiona Kane. This podcast aims to provide inspiration and education, begin discussions and explore various aspects and strategies around health and wellness. As an experienced nutritionist, holistic counsellor and mind-body eating coach and a woman exploring my own life and health issues, I have my own unique experiences and approaches to these topics. I have been around for long enough to know that sometimes compelling new information or scientific knowledge comes along and it's okay to be open to learning, adjusting or changing my mind. Join me and we can learn together. Hi, it's Fiona Kane here and welcome to my podcast. I'm really excited to start this new podcast and I thought I would begin today by talking a little bit about myself. I promise you the whole podcast series is not going to be about me. I just thought that it would be useful so that you know a little bit about my background and um, and what I do and that will help you understand my approach to this podcast which um, I I am open to the fact that the podcast may change and evolve as time goes on. But essentially what I want to do is talk about health and well-being from lots of different aspects. So a little bit about me. So I'm 51 years old and I have my own business, Informed Health. And within that business, I see individual clients. I work with groups. I work in workplaces and businesses. I do media work and uh, and I've got a blog post and all sorts of things. And essentially, uh, I work as a nutritionist, holistic counsellor and mind-body eating coach. And so I use all of those different uh, qualifications and experiences to um, help me educate people, work with individual clients, whatever it is I'm doing on the day. And a little bit about my background and, and sort of what led me here might be really useful. So uh, previous to this, which I've been doing for 16 years, previous to this, I was uh, I had about a 20-year admin background. So I'd been a receptionist and a secretary and admin manager and executive assistant. I don't know. They have all different names now, but all those kinds of admin support roles, um, which I really loved. And I worked in the mining industry. I worked in the building industry. I worked in the volunteer industry and for charities, that kind of thing. So I had quite a broad background that I really loved and I really enjoyed. But what happened to me uh, is um, I, over time, I ignored my body and I ignored my body signs and um, so I'll tell you a little bit more about that how that came about so throughout my childhood I was relatively healthy I was kind of a sickly child I did just to sort of faint a lot that kind of thing but generally okay generally well child um, but then when I was about 11 I started getting really severe migraines so I suffered with them for a lot of years and I so I did get used to dealing with really horrendous pain and just having to get on with it. So uh, I uh, that was one thing I suffered a lot from when I was younger. And what happened is I I was working. I, I used to have that attitude, which a lot of people have, maybe less so post COVID world. But it was the soldier on mentality. It was you know you just got to get on with it, right? So I didn't really listen to my body signs and signals too much. I just soldiered on. And it was also too, I, I don't know if I knew I could do anything about any of it. I didn't understand, didn't know anything about anything. So I just ignored things and just hoped for the best. So that was my strategy. 
head in the sand sort of strategy for getting on with my health. And essentially that didn't work out really well for me because what happened is my body was, my body was, first it was whispering and then it whispers a bit louder and then it gets a bit louder and then it starts shouting at you, that kind of thing. Uh, it's quite common that this happens. And um, now some people, the first time they know something's happened is when something really big happens and they don't really get signs and signals. Uh, but often we do get signs and signals and um, and I've learned my lesson now that you pay attention to those because your body is telling you something. So what happened is uh, when I was 25, I was at work that day in the city and I, I, at the end of the day, towards the end of the day or four in the afternoon or something, I got a migraine. And before the migraines, I used to get uh, quite random, weird, wonderful uh, visual uh, issues, you know, like people have the up and down or the movement or the visual loss or something. So I used to get visual disturbances before my migraines. And this particular day, it was worse than usual. It was different than usual because for me it was actual visual loss. So what I had is I had... Uh, I lost all of my peripheral vision, so it was all gone and all I had was this tunnel vision. And I was a bit slightly concerned because that was different to what I'd normally had, but okay, yeah, it's just one of these weird visual disturbances. It will sort itself out. And I I was offered a taxi home. It was sort of from the city to Penrith, which is a long way back in the day too on Parramatta Road, all that sort of thing. I thought, oh, no, I think I'll just catch a train because at least I can get off a train if I start feeling sick or something. So I caught the train home and I do remember trying to get off the platform in Penrith and really having trouble seeing. I couldn't see where the train and the platform were and trying not to fall between and all that kind of stuff because I really couldn't see. And it was a 40-degree day Celsius for any of you um, who aren't in Australia. So it was a really hot day. And that my headache started to kick in around then and so I'd start started to have the migraine and I got a taxi home and uh, got into bed and then that afternoon I think before, before I finally just tried to sleep I rang a couple of people and for, for different reasons or one rang me I rang them I can't remember anyway but one of those particular calls it was interesting because the feedback I got later on and all what I remembered later on is this particular person said to me Fiona you sound like you're on drugs and see I didn't a, a warning to people that when people were having something going on neurologically like if you're having a stroke or something like that you don't know that you sound like you're on drugs. You don't know that you're slurring. So as far as I was concerned, I, I was just talking really slowly because my head hurt. So I was just talking really, really slowly. But that person thought I was slurring and said, oh, you're on drugs. And, you know, and I had stopped drinking a year before that. And, um, and I did, was not known to do drugs. But anyway, that person didn't realize I didn't realize and, um, and, there you go. And what happened is over the weekend, uh, I, uh, if you've ever had really bad migraines, you might know that it comes with severe nausea. So over the weekend, I did a lot of vomiting. Um, you know, sorry for the graphic, but that's just how it was. Uh, I lost six kilos over that weekend uh, just from vomiting. And I wasn't eating anything. I just I had nothing to come up. But boy, oh boy, I couldn't stop. So I spent a lot of time over the weekend actually in doctor's offices actually trying to get injection to stop my vomiting. And I couldn't walk. I was mostly crawling because I couldn't stand upright. And I was trying to get help and um, and I, you know, I showed up at the hospital at one point. Uh, so essentially I spent the whole weekend trying to get help 
I was mostly trying to get stop the vomiting because that was so severe because that's what's all you can think about when that's all that's happening. Um, but also just I was concerned because I've been really sick before in my life and I've had pain before, but this was um, next level stuff. Anyway, I couldn't get taken seriously. I was 25 years old and, you know, surely, you know, that's not anything big. So I was sent home and I was just told to come back on the Monday if I still couldn't see. Um, and so that's what I did because on the Monday I still couldn't see. I still had some of my vision gone. So I went back to the hospital where they did do a scan and suddenly after being ignored all weekend and having doctors not interested, all the doctors were interested and a whole bunch of doctors went into a room to have a look at my scan. That was very concerning when you know they're all looking at a picture of your brain and it, wow, okay. Uh, the last thing you want is a whole bunch of doctors and specialists to find your brain or any part of your body really interesting. <laughs> if they find it really interesting, it's usually a problem, right? So uh, that was, you know, what happened and then they came and told me that I'd had a stroke and it wasn't the first one so there was a older damage there where I'd had at least one other stroke before and um, and I did lose a quarter of my peripheral vision permanently it was 26 27 years ago and I, I still have that vision here that's missing this bottom left quadrant so it's permanent brain damage and I do have some other health issues as well related to the first the first stroke that I didn't recognize at the time but years later um, it sort of all came together and after I had that stroke I was also uh, a couple of things happened so first of all I had every test known to man because we're trying to work out how it happened and how to stop it happening again and so I had lots of testing in it and I, we discovered a few things. So I discovered that I had a, uh, a blood clotting, autoimmune disease that can cause blood clotting and can cause migraines and uh, and that was one of the things that was uncovered. I had been on the pill for 10 years and that probably contributed. I'm not saying it completely caused it, uh, but the pill is not good for clotting issues. So uh, I didn't know that at the time, but there you go. I didn't know. I didn't quite understand that. What I didn't understand is I didn't understand the link between migraines and stroke and migraines and the pill. So there is really big links there. So if you suffer from migraines and you're using some sort of hormonal uh, contraceptive, then you might want to reassess that, talk to your doctor about it. But anyway, so what happened is uh, I also found out that I have Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid disease. Uh, so that's an autoimmune thyroid disease that has affected my ability to have children, which I haven't been able to have children, and uh, affected my weight and my energy and my skin and a whole bunch of things for the last 20-odd years. Um, and um, anyway, so what happened is I spoke to various specialists over time and got put on medications that I had severe reactions to, like severe reactions as in arthritis for three months where you can't even hold a cup to throw the painkillers down and went from someone who didn't take painkillers at all to someone who was throwing them down like nobody's business because of the severe arthritis, which was a reaction to a medication that nobody ever reacts to except for me apparently. Um, so a few things happened from here. One, I became that one in a hundred person or one in a thousand person. And when that happens to you, you change. It just is. And I did have, um, you know, my sister and other people in my life actually did tell me that, you know, you've, you've become more serious now. And it's hard not to because, because one, you become more serious because it is more serious <laughs> because suddenly, you know, that 
attitude you have when you're younger, which is 10 foot tall and bullet, bulletproof and nothing can happen to me, if you're lucky enough to have a childhood where nothing does happen to you, uh, then, you know, when suddenly it does, uh, and it's this is any age really, the first time you have something happen, it's quite shocking and it's quite surprising and you feel like your body's somehow snuck up on you and let you down and, and you really lose your confidence and you lose your confidence in your body and your health. And so I had a lot of that sort of going on uh, as well as the fact that um, when you have brain damage it can change your personality as well so both of those things and then uh, also what happened is if you've ever been to see lots of specialists and things and you know god love them they they're important they play a role everyone plays a role in this and i'm not um i'm not i don't sort of like bagging any particular profession because i think we all play a role but uh but one thing about specialists is they can be they can really dis- feel, make you feel disempowered uh they can really uh they they're good at diagnosing and figuring out what's going on and if there's a you know, some sort of treatment, they can do that. But they're not so good with the mind stuff of how you deal with what's going on and helping you get some semblance of an ability to, you know, to do something, to change something. So to sort of get that uh, feeling where, you know, you can, uh, rather than feeling, uh, rather than feeling there's nothing you can do, to actually feel like there is something you can do that you can be empowered rather than disempowered and so I learned that I if I wanted that I was going to have to look for that somewhere else because I wasn't going to find it in the specialist office uh, and so I essentially I went through a lot of years of anxiety I had a lot of health anxiety I used to listen to like I'd hear the blood running in my ears late at night and think oh my god I'm going to have a stroke uh, and it's probably had always been that way but now I noticed it right uh, and um, and my grandmother died when she was about 30 from a brain hemorrhage so uh, and with the, what was going on for me at the time it wasn't completely uh, you know, it wasn't completely out of the picture for me to think that that could be a future for me and um, and in amongst all this, I also found out that I have a dodgy heart valve as well. So that's something that I've got to monitor throughout time. And even though I was told there's no symptoms that go with that, um, I've spoken to other people who have the same thing and I, someone else's lifetime of fainting, which I, is something that I was very prone to when I was younger and I've always had very low blood pressure. So anyway, I have had to learn how to manage my health conditions and I know that one thing that worked really well for me is I've been gluten-free for about 12 years and my two autoimmune diseases have been in remission that whole time. It's the only thing I've done consistently in that whole time. So I'm pretty sure it's the gluten for me. I'm not saying for everybody, but certainly for me. And it's quite common with autoimmune diseases that gluten can Again, I'm not saying cause, but be one of the triggers or something that kind of just pushes things over the edge. And and um, and what I've learned a lot about in regards to nutrition and health is we have the genetics. So the genetics is you know I've got the Irish skin and the blue eyes and you know whatever genetically you have, and genetically you might have a predisposition towards certain health conditions. Um, but then there's epigenetics, and epigenetics is a really broad topic, so I'm just going to narrow it down to one little thing. But with epigenetics, it's whether or not uh, that uh, thing that you have a genetic predisposition to you 
happens. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Um, Dr. Ross Walker actually talks, the way he describes this, he talks about genetics as being the loaded gun. So the loaded gun of, in my history, for me, I've got like stomach cancer, bowel cancer, breast cancer. Um, that's my history in my family. That's my genetics. Um, that's the loaded gun. And epigenetics is whether or not I tri- pull the trigger. And pulling the trigger will depend on lifestyle. So it will depend on what I eat, what I drink, uh, what I think, <laughs> who I spend my time with, how I manage my stress, whether or not I move my body, what medications I do or don't take. Uh, it's a whole bunch of things that will affect uh, and probably more what sleep, you know, whether or not I'm sleeping well, a whole bunch of things. I'm sure way more than what I just thought of right then. But all of these lifestyle factors um, will contribute to whether or not that trigger is pulled so uh so epigenetics is the part that you're in control of and it's considered to be in most sort of most conditions not all but in most conditions it's kind of 70 to 80 percent of the picture so the way i see it is i like to work with that 70 to 80 percent there's 20 30 percent there you can't control and you know life is <laughs> life's messy right we don't have control over life but what we can do is we can empower ourselves with what are the things i can do what's going on for me what do i need to deal with who's the best team or the best people to help me with that, which specialists, which natural therapists, whatever it is, and then empower yourself with, well, what can I do? And you do the bit that you can do uh, and let go of the stuff that you can't control. And that has been literally a lifetime of me <laughs> learning that because there's a lot in it and it can be quite challenging. And the head stuff is probably one of the hardest things uh, that um, – that is part of that and and of course things change all of the time based on stress levels and you know obviously the last few years for so many of us the stress of the last few years has been very challenging and um and for me I had the extra uh, thing of I was uh, dealing with my mother's death over the last few years and I was very much involved in and uh, the care and, and support of my mother um, at the end of her life and and being with her when she died and and as much as I'm really grateful that I had that experience and I'll probably will talk about that in the future I also just it took a lot out of me and it was very stressful trying to keep my business going trying to keep my marriage going trying to support my mom um, and all of the things that um, you know it's um I get that I'm not this is just my story I get that there's a million people with the same story more or less all the rest of it uh it's just a really common thing and once we get to a certain age uh it's not uncommon to be dealing with uh parents who are ailing and um the, I suppose a lucky thing for me lucky unlucky whichever way you look at it depends on the day depends on what angle you're looking at it for from is I didn't have children to try and manage at the same time I know many of my clients are managing children and aging parents and their own life and their own career and all the rest of it. So it uh, can feel like really impossible sometimes. So essentially what I've learned is that um, health is not something that you just, it's just a given. <laughs> it's something that you have to work for. And even and, and if you're lucky when you're younger, you might get away with it. But most of us don't as we get older. I suppose the gift of getting sick when I was younger is it taught me that at a young age because I work a lot with clients who they're just figuring that out at 50s and 60s and, and 40s when suddenly they start having health issues. The good thing about figuring it out a lot earlier is I got onto it a lot earlier and I've had a lot more time to get used to it. So, uh, but a lot of life for me is managing my health, managing my energy, 
and and what does that look like at, on that week, on that day, on that year? And sometimes are more challenging than others. And I've had to learn a lot about stress and managing stress, and getting on with life while you're living with a, a, an enormous amount of stress. Uh, and for me, um, emotional eating has been part of that uh, journey as well. I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs, but uh, food has been an issue for me. And add that to the thyroid disease and now menopause is uh i'm heading in that direction uh it's all happening so i look essentially my health experience means that i i get it uh, i understand what those challenges are like and i get it from as an inside job and i get the i get the anxiety and sleepless nights and issues we have around our health. I get how expensive it is to maintain and manage all of those things. Um, actually, the reason I studied in the first place that I, uh, you know, I kind of didn't mention that I studied in there. I did mention that that's my job now. But the reason I went to study is because I was so confused because I started to feel like I wanted to help myself and I started to go to natural therapists and get some really good ideas and, and wanted to start doing those things. Uh, but my specialists were really anti that and, and really not very supportive and what I wanted for myself is I wanted I wanted the knowledge so I could walk into my specialist office I would know what to ask I would understand the answers and then I could walk out of that office I could and I could make my own choice and sometimes my choice is to absolutely follow what the specialist has said and to take the medication or to have the surgery or do whatever sometimes it's not or sometimes it's a balance of those things but I feel like I'm making that choice for myself because I have to live with the consequences and I've learned that when you live with the consequences you want to make that choice for yourself and you want to be as educated as you can around it and this is something that I try and support my clients with as well uh, I don't have all the answers I have lots of answers and lots of ideas and lots of knowledge and I impart that the best I can and um, but I always encourage people to balance that out with other information as well I, but I think it is important that it, you do live with the consequences of your choices so you have a right to make the right choice for you and uh, and the, if you get the information and if you're able to understand it, it makes it really, really useful. Like I didn't understand the association between the pill and stroke, that sort of thing when I was younger uh, because um, – and going back to that just in case because I don't think I said it at the time but when you do have a migraine, what's happening is your, your blood vessels are constricting because they're like closing um, and so – it's actually not that uncommon for people to have a stroke during a migraine because there's that lack of blood flow and if the blood flow closes off for long enough you have a stroke um, so I didn't know that at the time but that is something that can happen so if you do suffer from migraines you do need to take them seriously and you do need to sort of do all the other things you can around it that to support you and it may include medication um, or it may include supplements, it might include dietary changes, it might include stress management, it might include lots of things. But um, but you do have to take seriously that the outcome of migraines can be, it's not just pain, it can be a lot worse than that, um, unfortunately. So anyway, that's just a little bit of an introduction to how I got interested in health because I was not interested at all until I didn't really have my health. Um, the lessons I've learned about uh 
you know, really finding your way again and getting over the anxiety and, and just creating a team around me, getting the support I need. And for me, I got the education as well. And um, and really what I've learned a lot is about what self-care looks like and, and really self-care. It's not some Insta model thing on Instagram that's, you know, a bikini model on a beach or something. Yeah, great. That could be maybe be an example of self-care. But self-care looks like what do I do today that's going to support my health and how do I do that depending on where I'm at? Am I in the school line picking up the kids? Am I at the hospital with my parents? You know, or what, what am I doing today? I'm at work. Where am I? How do I fit self-care into that? And it might be really small things like remembering to breathe. Uh, it might be changing your diet. It might be moving your body even if it's only for a couple of minutes to your favorite song while you're just on your way somewhere or you know, get up and dance around your desk for a couple of minutes, whatever it looks like. But self-care looks like different things on different days. Uh, but it is really, really important to understand what it is and to be in tune with your body, which is something I've now learned, is to be in tune and to pay attention and to listen. And when my body whispers at me and when my body starts talking to me, I pay attention now in a way that I never did when I was younger. So I've really learned that. If nothing else, that's something that I have really learned. Uh, and um Really, I think probably probably leave it at that, that. I don't want to make this episode too long. Uh, essentially, I just wanted to say welcome to my podcast. I wanted to tell you a little bit about why I do what I do and how I got here and why where my perspective comes from. Um, and certainly what I would like to do is uh, share information with you, have conversations and uh, and I'll probably be, uh, I actually do plan to bring people on my podcast and interview people about all different topics. And it could be anything from health issues to grief to to sleep to all different things. I, I want this to be fairly broad and just to, you to get a really good knowledge about health and wellness and, um, and practical tips as well. Uh, so not just sort of pie in the sky stuff, but this is something that you can do now. <laughs> so that's my intention. Uh, so thank Thank you for tuning in today and um, and listening to this. Uh, I really appreciate you and um, and I'm happy to get any feedback as well. And looking forward to um, to continuing this conversation over future episodes of my podcast. So thanks everyone, and I will see you next time. Thanks, bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe and share to help me reach more people. If you want personal advice, go to informedhealth.com.au to book a consultation with me. The Wellness Connection is just beginning a conversation. It is not medical advice. Until next time, please keep showing up for yourself.